You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. Summer is here. Not officially, but yeah, it's hot. It's really hot. <laughs> like, I'm having to condition. Like, okay, let me just take it in small doses. Yeah. And, like, I feel like if I could get this carnivore diet rocking and rolling, by July, I mean, I'll be like a hot dad, you know? Well, hot dad summer? Yeah. Yeah, I see no shirts. Yeah. You gonna get you what, another? Your, your hair day looks different. I don't have no, hey, like I don't kind of look like a banker. I can't wear a hat and my headphones, so I see. Yeah, this is I. I normally would not. Uh, yeah, it's like a little comb over he's got going on. I wouldn't be well, <laughs> comb over usually when you don't have hair. That would be that yeah. shiny mess sitting on top of your head. I see. <laughs> well, I shave mine yeah. just because it kind of has the uh, what's that line? called um receding hairline yeah. so it has no it. no that's resist <laughs> your hair is out to play Man, like, it started leaving <laughs> all right it started leaving i think it was a uh, high school maybe yeah yeah it started leaving like then that. yeah it, i mean it but happens. you know what nobody questioned me to buy alcohol right now back then i just take no. my hat off no like i you know I got a friend. He's ooh, he's my age. He's forty. He started, he started going gray, like at age twenty-one. He was gray. Wow. And he's, he, you know, still has a head full of hair. Uh, yeah, straight up gray hair. That uh, wow. Like it's it's wild. He so, he looks like a young dude in the face. Uh, well, youngish anymore. Uh, yeah. I, I got a story about that, man. <sighs> like, I got brought down, and I got picked back up at the same time. On this uh, one day, you know, later I got yeah you know, picked back up. But so I had to go work on this route at this other office, and uh, I got back to the office after I delivered all you know the mail, and I'm on my way out, getting ready to leave. And this woman, she looked to be I don't know mid fifties. She's like sitting in her car. She says, uh, she said, hey, is your name Mark? I said, uh, no. She said, did you go to Warren East High School? I said, no. She said, oh, you look just like a guy I went to school with. I want, <laughs> I want to be like, you, bitch. <laughs> you are a lot older than me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I see. You are so much older than me. I see. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry for the language, but. Yeah, uh, you got to be kidding me! You yeah. think I'm your age, lady? How old was she? I mean, I didn't check for ID, but I guarantee you she was over fifty. And if she wasn't, she's lived a rough life. She's been road hard and put up wet. Now my boss, my boss is fifty something, yeah. and she looks like she's in her late thirties. Yeah, mean, I mean, some people. If you heard that, Karen, <laughs> she is an awesome Karen. Yeah. She is not well, the Karen that most people think. That's like, I've been hearing a lot of gay jokes lately, and they're like, they're using the word Kevin. Like, how, when did Kevin become 
the gay mm. joke. Yeah, think about no, it. No, no, I'm I'm serious here. <laughs> and and I'm like, it's joking. comedians that I, I like, that. and like, they're using who? Kevin. Who? Uh, of course, you're gonna put me on the spot. Well, sorry, but it's a uh, that Armani King, or Armari King. Yeah, Mari King. Yeah, and I love him, but he every time he tells a gay joke, I don't think he's he uses Kevin as the guy. See, I don't even think he's a comedian. I mean, I'm not insensitive, right? right but I'm right. just saying, you know. Well, Let it is one of those names. You go, Kevin. I could oh, see, whatever. I could see that, yeah. but yeah, I don't. I, had I don't a gay think guy that. hit on me one time, just actually once. twice. Yeah. We were next door neighbors to a guy. He's a really nice guy, but like, you know, just different boats for different folks, or however you say it. Different strokes for different folks, you know. <laughs> your your I mean, analogies tickle me too, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a good one this week though. I had somebody call in and we were talking about something small, and my boss even looked over and I was like, "We'll charge it to the dust and let the rain settle it." I like that. That is very cool. I isn't like it? that. Yeah. I heard it a long time ago. So let me tell you about my week before we get started. Okay. Um. It is in between. Yeah. Busy. And just insane. I mean, like, they keep dropping stuff on me. And, like, I love the responsibility. Yeah. I do. But it's at a point to where if I work any harder, am I the fool? You know what I mean? Because I'm giving a lot. And sometimes I catch myself working over and I'm like, man, I got kids at home. Yeah. You know? And then, speaking of those kids at home, <laughs> the girls were great. And then here come Jace. Yeah. And he he invites one friend over and six show up. Yeah. And you know how it is. You sure he didn't invite six or eight and six show up? <laughs> I don't know what he done. But we took him to camp today. Yeah, I've seen that. And I talking that about, like, his mom cried. And yeah. she don't cry at nothing. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Yeah. And she cried. And, like, my stomach was kind of in knots today. Was it the carnivore diet or was it the, no, the him going to camp? No, it was him going to camp because for two reasons. Like, I don't want to be away from him for a whole week. Right. And then again, like, he's very, he's not emotional, but, like, if he feels like you're not listening to his point, yeah. then, I mean, he take, he's passionate okay. about everything he does. But, like, I'm worried he's going to get into it with somebody. Or, you know, he's a picky eater. Right. And, like, he doesn't like hamburgers and hot dogs. And I'm like, dude, it's not going to be a pizza night That's every wild. night. You don't like yeah. hamburgers or hot dogs no. either one? And he's like, well, Dad, maybe I'll get hungry enough I'll eat one. I was like, that's a good way to look yeah. at it, you know? That's true. <laughs> that and, is picky, man. What does yeah. he eat? Just pizza? He eats pizza. Now, he loves chicken. Anything yeah. chicken. He'll eat chicken. But, like, yeah, he's real picky. Spaghetti, he'll eat the bread, but he won't eat the spaghetti. You know, you got to have bread. You don't like noodles? Spaghetti. No. So no pasta? Huh. No, not at all. And then, so we get our microphones in, which mm -hmm. are awesome looking. Right. You've seen them, yeah. didn't you? Really impressive. So I charge them up, and I was like, all right, this afternoon we'll check them out. Come home. The dog checked them out. Oh, no. Completely destroyed. So here I am, trying to find us some microphones that'll be in by Thursday for CMA. Uh, I did, yeah, yeah, and tell me <laughs> that's why, dude. Okay. Like I'm telling you, what man? Like, and it had four 
color yeah. things yeah, that you could put over it, and yeah. one of the colors are missing. So I know he swallowed it. Yeah. The little rubber thing. You'll find it in a couple of days. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I thought we moved past this. Right. He's Man. seven months, and like they were on top of the PlayStation charging. He never touches nothing around the PlayStation, the TV. Mm. And I think he kind of got like got mad because we were gone for four hours. I really, I think he done it out of spite. Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> He's still a pup. And I mean, he destroyed them. He didn't just like pull them around like their motherboard showing well let me show let me i'll tell you how i kind of read that yeah your dog basically saw you spending all that time and effort on those and he saw how much they meant to you so he thought I'm going to destroy these things so he'll pay attention to me. <laughs> well, I've spent a lot of time on my wife, and he's not bit her yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, come on, you know? Bite her. Well, <laughs> it's true. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways. So, be productive, uh, puppy. Yeah. And uh, so the week was a little crazy. I feel like I'm forgetting something major. It's one of those weeks. Oh, yeah. We're like each you got so day much going on, you feel surprise. like, oh, something, there's something that I just can't, oh, I, I do yes. that all the time. And I just now remember. Oh, yeah? Thursday morning, my next door neighbor, you know, she's a beautician, and she messaged Presley, and she's like, hey, Presley, let me put some fake eyelashes on you for a Facebook promotion. And, of course, I mean, she's licensed. Yeah. That's what she does. So, Presley, not wanting to sit at home, mm -hmm. she goes and has them put on. And I don't hear nothing for hours. Yeah. And she video calls me. So I was like, okay, she's showing them off. Mm -hmm. She is bawling. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, did your brother hit you or something? She's like, no, I don't like them. They're burning. They're itching. They're burning. I don't know what to do. So, of course, we go into that mode yeah. where you research everything. Could not get them off. Had to take her to a professional on Friday. As soon as she gets them off, she's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to the movies tonight with my friends. And I was like, <laughs> well, was it because they were burning or because you didn't like them? Yeah. Like, you oh, you see what I mean? Because I'm man. in dad mode. Right. Like, you're crying. I will shut down the world to fix this. Yeah. And they know that. And yes, they, they do. They twist All the, of the world them. around you. You know? Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I got something kind of similar to that, except mine wasn't doing it for you know any reason but the fact that it hurt. My two-year-old got sunburned a few, ooh, like, like five days ago, maybe. Uh, and it's got to the point now where it's already went in. He's peeled. Oh, Lord. And I believe, I don't know where, but he got some more sun on his back. And he got some mosquito bites on his leg. And he just, he can't leave him alone. So, like, he fell asleep. This was last night. He fell asleep. And <clears throat> he got up. It was like 11 o'clock. He comes running into our room crying. And he's just sitting there doing this. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Just crying. And it broke our hearts because it was just killing him. And he was sitting there just really trying to get at his back. He scratched big old chunks out of his back with his own fingernails. Like, that's how bad it was hurting. He was just trying, like, to touch it. We tried, like, six or seven different medicines. Finally got one that worked. 
he finally was able to go back to sleep. But man, it was a long night. It's been it's been long nights all week. <laughs> like yeah, you know him and the other one just being in and out of our room every night. Let me tell you a little thing about mosquitoes. If you take a dryer sheet and wipe it all over you before you go out, you're not going to get bit as bad. And if you do get bit, if you take deodorant and rub it over the bite, it takes the itching out. Hmm. I mean, and like, I feel like I've got a thousand mosquitoes in my backyard. Yeah. So I'm going to get a bat box because they eat a thousand an hour at night. Yeah. So like, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, bats are very They effective. don't know that it's coming. But it's coming. Sneak it because the bats. Yeah, like I've tried everything. And like, what else am I supposed to do? That's the only thing I hate about summer. And like, that's a that's an insect that like has no productive life to the world. Well, like, what do they do? Besides, they are the food that bats and other you know, creatures eat. That's yeah. It. Well, I mean, like, how do they not spread AIDS? Because uh, that needle goes into the arm pulls the blood, goes and sucks somebody else. So, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how does that not pass AIDS? Like Cherry down there at the old truck stop. You know, same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, it don't yeah. make sense, does it? Well. You would think. They spread malaria and they, yeah. they spread, you know, you know, ticks spread Lyme disease. And they also spread this little thing where, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky has, like, an issue with this. Um if you get bit by a certain kind of tick that has this you know, disease in it, mm-hmm. then uh, it will give you a food allergy where you can't eat red meat. And if you eat red meat, like a steak or a hamburger or something like that, it will make you so sick that you can hardly move. Damn. Like you just nauseated, throwing up, vomiting, you know, diarrhea, like awful. Yeah. And it's something that you've been eating your whole life. But if you get bit by this tick, if you get bit by that tick and with that virus, you're screwed. And sometimes it goes away after a few months. Sometimes the disease lasts a year or so. Sometimes it never leaves. Depends mm. on the severity of the you know, disease inside of that tick. It's amazing what these little animals, these little insects and all this are around everywhere. Like what they spread. Yeah, like the capabilities. If we knew exactly what was around us at all times, we would be scared shitless. Honestly, like, <laughs> well, what I mean, to do? They say that, like, in a restaurant, that the water in a toilet bowl that's been flushed is cleaner than the the floor. I mean, it, it's it's insane. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's just well, I do. I researched it. <laughs> it's been, yeah. You've been drinking a lot of. No, I never could do that. But like, you know, like if you offer me a lot of money, I don't even think I could do that. Because like, no. So. Are you ready? Well, you got got something else? I want to give an announcement. First off, I want to say thank you, Jesse, in Canada for listening to us. Yeah, no. I mean, that's impressive to know that somebody in Canada is listening to us. You know? Well, I don't know if it's. I don't see it as impressive. I think it's humbling for us. It, it's well for me at yeah. least. It's humbling. Yeah. Because, like, to know, and I know we have a few people that you know, you know listen to every episode. Yeah. And I'm sure you're the same way. Where, you know, I like you know knowing that 
I make somebody's day a little better, you know? Right. Make them laugh. Yeah. You know, relate. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like, am I the only one that feels this way? You know what I mean? Especially, I I mean, nowadays. And then the second announcement is Thursday. Mm -hmm. We're going to be introducing Lainey Wilson at CMA Fest. Just not on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from, from the, the crowd, crowd we're going to introduce her. And here's Lainey. Just like that. So, if you guys want to meet up with us, we're going to be on Broadway all day giving out bumper stickers. And Until we run out. Yeah. yeah. And we have a quiz that you could take. Yeah. Do you we're have gonna, a little we're gonna sample? Ask some questions. No, you, no, you don't no, have no. We're going to save it for them. And then, oh. if, they're not, if we're not going to see them there... They'll see it on our content. We'll put it on our Facebook page. We'll on our do TikTok. TikTok, yeah. Yeah, all you got to do is search Country Music Critic. You'll find it because everything that I do, I hashtag it. Yeah. So, yeah. You're good about that. I am not. I know. Sometimes I feel like you're just letting me pack you around. Well, when it comes to the <laughs> internet and social media, you basically do. I know. I try, right? So, what are your preconceived notions on this uh, fellow here, Charlie Crockett? Here's my thing. Like, I know he was nominated for some CMT award. That's it. It was a uh, uh, performance, like, you know, one of Digital those. Digital performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but. <clears throat> Never heard of him. I and like I, his style here. You know? Yeah, well, that that is him. He is, he is so unique. Uh, I see, like, that Coulter Wall look. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know what he sounds like, but. Doesn't sound like Coulter, but he's got his own sound. I what? All right. Yeah, so last week when I told you I was doing research on somebody, this was not who it was. Really? It was somebody else. And I still have that research that I'm not all the way done with. But I heard an interview with uh, Charlie. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm doing that. I'm doing him. Like, Are you? <laughs> t- uh, seven yeah. days a week, baby. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew no, I'm not it's his just type, now so. come out, you know. I'm not his type. It's all right. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to go ahead and cue that up. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Charlie Crockett. The Mirage of Del Rio It was burning in his eyes And sleep had escaped him Too consumed by his pride Like the lonesome and high country He was lost in a haze And the thoughts of what he'd do If he unloaded all his rage The man from Waco The city Was almost silent So as, as you can hear That's the humming signs Not something that you hear a lot these days Like just his sound He Okay He was born March 24th 1984 He's uh, 39 years old he was born in uh, San Benito, Texas. Um, he was raised by a single mother. Also lived with his older brother and his older sister. 
They're raising a trailer park in Los Fresnos, Texas. Later on in his childhood, he was relocated by his mother to Dallas. And then while he was there, when he was out of school in summer months, he would go and stay with his uncle in uh, New Orleans in the French Quarter, which is where he was kind of introduced to a whole section of music outside of what he learned in Texas. Here's the thing with Waco. I don't know if we... Have we outgrown that? Where, like, I remember growing up, like, Waco, you thought of one thing. Yeah. That's it. Do you think that people still think that way nowadays? Yeah. You think so? I do. Because that was such a tragedy Mm -hmm. there. So... And that's one place that I... I'm so glad that I got to go to. You've been to Waco, like yeah, where it happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you went mean, to the farm? We talked about that. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember when I went to Austin? Mm-hmm. The first day we were down there, we went to Waco. Is we there went, like a monument set up for There's a building people? still there. Really? The, the church is still there. Wow. Yeah. The actual church that was beside the rest of the place they set on fire. Actually, the church caught fire, too. Did, they just replaced the you know, ceiling and stuff. Did you watch the Netflix movie about it? Yeah, I did. It, it was impressive, I thought. I watched it after I got back. And here's the thing, like, he deserved punishment, but I feel like he misle- misled a lot of people, and I feel like the government dropped the ball on it majorly. Oh, he, he was a bad man, like, and I don't, I don't say that in a nice way. <laughs> like he was, oh, yeah. he was a terrible person. I mean, person. anybody that wants to impregnate fourteen-year-old girls, yeah, you know, um, yeah. He, but anyway, does this song leader. have anything to do with that? Because do well, you have any history on this song? When he li- from Waco, when he lived in South Texas, he was in Waco. Like he lived in Waco. He wrote that about him. Oh, he is the man from Waco. I see. His uh, latest album was also called yeah, "Man from Waco." Um, okay. So, it's about him. It's not, um, not so, about that event. Right, right, right. No. Uh, and the only other things in Waco besides the Branch Davidian, you know, cult, you know, massacre, uh, you know, Baylor University is in Waco, and Chip and Joanna off you know, HGTV. How far from uh, Waco is Austin? Uh, two hours. Now, your brother lives in Austin, right? No, no, no. He lives okay. in Lubbock. Okay. Lubbock's five hours. Well, from what I hear that the uh, Joe Rogan Starship is, like, open to the public. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just a comedy sh- yeah, club. And do you have that on your list to go to soon? Not soon, but eventually I would like to go. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Austin is so expensive. It's the most expensive place I've been to. Yeah. Um, I've been to some pricey places. It was just way, way too overpriced. We stayed at Airbnb. It was a tiny home. Outrageous. Like $400 a night. Hotels were like $700 a night. So it was a little bit of a break. Stupid. Stupid. And if you got an Uber, expensive. Outrageous. The only thing that was kind of cheap was uh, concert tickets. Like we went seeing Nathaniel Rayliff and the Night Sweats. And a third ever... Uh, a amphitheater you know, concert that they held because it was brand new when we went, and uh, I think they're like sixty bucks. Yeah, and that's not bad at all. But yeah, 
There's a lot now, of live music. Now, was Charlie a part of Railbird this weekend? Yes, he was. Okay, because <laughs> I seen photos of Zach last night, and mm. it was insane. I wanted to go to Railbird so bad. I know. But, but yeah, yeah me that, too. That's my scene. I I think you would enjoy yeah, some of it. But you, yeah, like Zach. Yeah. You seem to be more of like, you would enjoy going to see Eric Church. I don't know. More Used so. Used to. Than, yeah. But see, the more and more I get to know, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so. Some of these artists. Yeah. What Charlie did, you know, this weekend, Friday. Uh, yeah. Friday night, he played at the Burl under his own fruition. Like it was his own you know, concert. He held at the Burl up in Lexington. And then Saturday, he played right before Cheryl Crow. And I think Cheryl was the last one before Zach took the stage. So. Yeah. Uh, that that's in pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty to be cool. Third from the top. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, hundred percent. So he never uh, played any instruments. Uh, he sang his whole life, but like he, he, you know, he'll tell you he didn't do it well. Um, he graduated high school at the age of seventeen, and um, his mom went to a pawn shop and bought him a guitar. It was uh, yeah, kind of a nice guitar, but it was cheap. Really cheap. So he started, you know, playing. Everywhere he'd go, he would just play. Is when they lived in Dallas and when he'd go to New Orleans. So, um, around 2009, he actually got to where he was playing in public. Like, and actually singing for people. And, like, if I say the word hobo, do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. It's where you jump from train to train, yeah. yeah, town to town. He was a hobo. He was a hitchhiker. <laughs> he was a street, yeah, a busker. He would go from street corner to street corner, fighting for the good spots, like out, yeah, New York City. He hitchhiked and he hoboed his way up to New York City. He did it in New Orleans. He did it in Dallas, uh, a few other places, but. He ended up in uh, New York City for four years as a street performer. And after he'd been there for about four years, he met a uh, Dutch jazz musician. So, like, he's lived a life, man. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like so, it. So, with this jazz musician that he became friends with, the jazz musician had shows in uh, you know, uh, Copenhagen, and he wanted him to come with him. So they went and played at these jazz clubs in Copenhagen. He played in the in the clubs for six weeks, and he started talking about how you know the money he would make in the club wouldn't wouldn't even compare slightly to what he would make in the street. He said wow. because if you find the right spot, you can make a ton of money in the street as a you know, street performer. But in the clubs, you're only going to make a certain amount. So, for six weeks, he performed in the club in uh, Copenhagen. Left there and went to Paris. That's pretty <clears throat> extreme. <laughs> you know? He would just play in the street in Paris. So, did he know somebody over there? Nope. He played with gypsies. He wow. said his mom always talked about how she loved Paris. She thought it was beautiful. She'd never been. She has now, but, you know, she always thought it was gorgeous, and she always, you know, talked about, and, you know, his uncle lived in New Orleans in the French Quarter, 
So he was used to hearing, you know, a, a French spoke. He said he, yeah, felt like that's what he was supposed to do. Yeah, was was to go to Paris. So there's a lot of you know other things that come into play here. But he had he had to leave Paris for three. Well, you know, after three months, because his work visa went, it was up. So yeah, there was a trick that you could do. On a ferry, you could go down into Spain, into Madrid, and all you know, on down to uh, Morocco on a ferry, and then you'd come back up, and you wouldn't have to renew your work visa. It would just get, you know, your you know, password would get stamped, and you'd be good. Well, it didn't work like that. They didn't. They wouldn't let him back in. So he had to stay in uh, Madrid for a little while, and you know, Morocco, and he lived. In a farming town in the mountains, <laughs> off of the Atlantic Ocean, in Spain, and he lived there for six months. I feel like he just does stuff on a whim. He did at that time. He you did know, at that time. So, like the breeze is calling this way, I'll yeah, just pack up and go. Exactly. You know, that's what he did. Uh, he never was, yeah, formally taught how to play a guitar. He could play it by ear. He said he had been playing for 12 years and he couldn't tell you what key he was hitting. He couldn't tell you what the notes were. He couldn't tell yeah. you the chords, anything. It was just by ear. If you, you know, played him something, he could play it back, but he had no idea what it was. So if you want to go ahead and okay, you know, cue up this. This song is called I Am Not Afraid. Darling, I am not afraid to, not afraid to love you. I am not afraid. And sugar, honey pie, ain't gonna hurt you or let you down. Oh, I know I got to be stronger. Oh, little girl, I will never do you wrong Oh, honey, just tell me you need me And I will be better Oh, having you by my side one left thing you can do for me Just before you go Look into my eyes and see this love So that you'll always know And darling Sugar pie Ain't gonna hurt you So let you down You can tell that like he's got He's got his own sound, right? Yeah, and that has more of that jazz yeah, yeah. in it he yeah. has he has a lot of jazz. He has you know, a lot of R and B, yeah, to him. He has a lot of blues. He was talking about George Jones, like, and when it comes to the style of music he played, he said, you know, country music is blues. You know, it it comes from blues, and he prides himself on how he started, you know, coming up. 
He played on the streets just like Hank Williams did down in Birmingham. Just like, uh, I mean, you name them. Yeah, back in the day, that's that's what you had to do because you couldn't go from club to club. There wasn't club you know, musicians, really. Well, and here's the thing that I already like about him. is like he's put himself in that moment. I'd say you're not going to find a lot of TikTok videos of him sitting in front of it singing it. I mean, no. he actually done it, <laughs> yeah. which sometimes inspires and creates the greatest artist of all time. Yes. You know? That's that's one of the reasons I thought you would really, really like him once you yeah, got to hear some of his you know, story. Yeah. So he was born with a heart condition. I, I, I hadn't brought that up yet. He's more of a cowboy than anybody else in the industry. And I'll explain how. <laughs> when he was raised by his you know, mother, they didn't have any money. They were extremely poor. Um, his brother and sister were, well, they were half brother and sister, but uh, they were one-eighth um, uh, Cherokee Indian. He, his great-grandmother was mixed you know she was half black half white um he's also his uh and one of his other grandmothers was jewish um he's got like six of these uh cultures within his blood like this man he's related to everybody on the planet i think but he actually is related to davy crockett like, okay Ancestry.com so sent it back to his, he's related to Davy. And that's his last name. It's yeah. not a stage no, name. No, no, no. That's his last name. His true last name. See, like I, I feel like I've heard Charlie Crockett like in another term. Yeah. You know, I it, can't place it. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Like, it does. And maybe it is because of Davy Crockett. Yeah. And you think. We kind of put it together. Yeah. But, so growing up, he... And I knew he had a heart condition, but they really didn't have the money for the surgery, so they didn't do it. Um, it wasn't until he had been, you know, kind of playing out, and he would get to the point where he felt like he was just, you know, dead tired, and he thought it was just the road, you know, just kind yeah. of wearing him down. But turns out, he... Uh, he he was really close to having a heart attack. He was born without a certain you know, valve in his heart. And he got checked out by doctors. He actually has a piece of a cow's heart in his. That was one of the only other options. Just because, uh, and a lot of times they don't take. But in his case, it did. So it's going to last you know, quite a while, and he's not going to have any you know, restrictions on itself. It's not going to last as long as like a you know, fake you know, valve, but if he got a you know, fake valve, then he wouldn't be able to you know, perform. So he's like, I'm going to get I'm going to get the cow valve. It's going to allow me to play music. That's crazy. Until it starts to go out. That's crazy that like we even have the technology to do stuff like isn't that. It, well, you know, isn't it? Like, I mean, so when I say he's in a true cowboy, he—I mean, he is right. <laughs> he's got, yeah, got a I piece mean, of a cow's heart. It's wild. That is very wild. Yeah. Wow. So, 
I told you all the story when he was in uh, Morocco. He lived there for six months in the mountains by himself. He worked on the farms. He worked <laughs> random stuff. He just played music around the town. There was no tips to be made in this little town that he was yeah. in. So after six months, he goes back to Paris. He sneaks back into Paris. <laughs> well, <laughs> he goes back and he plays music there for three more months. And then he decides after he played with these, yeah, <laughs> this gypsy family, they kind of brought him in and they cut him in on all of the money they were making off the, <laughs> off the tourists, like, because he was American. They're all playing American music. If you wanted to make really good money from from all the tourists, you played American music. And if you had an American to play that music, you made jack. And see, that's insane because you wouldn't come to Paris to hear American people. No. <laughs> that's like you wouldn't come to America to hear a Paris singer. You know, I, like... I heard him in two different interviews talk about it. He said, you know, the gypsies you know, brought him in and with him with them... They tripled the money they made on the streets. Well, and it doesn't really seem like he's in it for the money. No. Because he probably has no plan for the future. Mm -mm. He's just enjoying life. And, you know, he may be more happier as a person than most people. I think Because so. he doesn't have any expectations. He's flying by the street in, in right. the seat of his pants. But Which you, is good until if, you have a family. Yeah. And he, does, he doesn't have any kids. He is engaged right now, but... Uh, if you hear is him, she famous? I don't think so. Really? Mm -mm. If you hear him talk about uh, yeah music, he's very serious about it. He's very opposite of yeah yeah Bailey Zimmerman. Like he he doesn't care if he's on the radio. He just wants to make good music that people enjoy. That's all he cares about. Speaking of that, this next song that you have queued up was released five years ago, and it's at four million views. Yeah, I mean that's not bad for a guy that is not mainstream, right? And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this is a Willie Nelson song. Now, is he signed with anybody that you know of? He's he, almost got to be now. He is, but he owns all all of his music. He owns all of it. Really, he's he's independent in that way. Um, but he he is signed. I think it's like a management deal where they kind of you know help him with the tours. He says he's not good at setting all that. Up. He yeah. Said, he said I just want somebody to tell me where to be and I'll be there. But uh, yeah. But huh. I mean he's about as genuine as you can get. Yeah, it sounds like it. If you want to go ahead and cue that up. All right. This one's called Jamestown Perry. Yeah. He he actually played it. You can go ahead and hit play, but. He played this at uh, Willie Nelson's 90th yeah, birthday in L.A. That's he, awesome that he was invited. He was one of them that was invited to play. It was really cool. I didn't realize we had queued up a music video. <laughs> May skip it a little bit. Oh, well, it's long. She just caught the Jamestown Ferry It's not a hot day, January Like she said it'd be If she ever left me A case of gone was all she carried As she got on the Jamestown 
I can see mm-hmm. the Indian in him, mm-hmm. but I can he's almost see just a little bit of, uh, well, you said Cherokee. Yeah, well, his, like, uh, his brother and sister are. Okay, well, okay. like, a little bit of him kind of looks like African-American. Yeah, he looks like he's mulatto, like he's mixed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, he said, and when he did the Ancestry.com thing, it came back as less than, as, as less than 5% African, uh, but his grandmother and his great grandmother, when they had to, you know, check the boxes for the race. Yeah. Like sometimes they would check black, sometimes they would check white, just because you know they're extremely light skinned I know you don't watch sports a whole lot. Uh, your son loves basketball. Does he like Steph Curry? Oh yeah, that's all I hear. He looks just like Steph Curry in a cowboy oh, okay. hat. <laughs> he yeah. looks just like him. Yeah, like he's he's a little yeah you know, lighter. He's not as which I, I don't, yeah Steph's pretty light skin too. But I would love to go see where they shot this video at. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? It is very, <laughs> and like you can tell that he is. It's kind of eighty-ish. You yeah, know, like he's got an old old sound. Yes, he does. And and, and to hear him talk, he's as he's his own cat man like he is a just a different you don't see people like that in the music industry and if you do they're not in country yeah which yeah he talked about being an americana artist and he actually talked about how yeah uh, uh, tyler childers you know yeah, talks kind of negative about you know americana yeah sturgill yeah kind of does the same he said you know they say they don't care what you call their music but they obviously do because they talk about it so much. Right. He said, I'm glad I'm an Americana artist. He said, because have you heard some of the country stuff that's out there? Exactly. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> he said, like, he said, no offense, but, you know, Florida Georgia Line puts out an album. I don't call that country. No. He said, but that's what they call it, so I don't want to call myself that. He said, I'm Americana. He's more folk than anything, you know? 80% of what's on country radio right now is not country at all. True story. Now, I will say that the songwriting's getting better, but it doesn't mean that the music is. Yeah. You know? That's like I heard uh, Jason Aldean was, he was in an interview, and he's like, uh, Morgan Wallen kind of screwed us all because he come out with a 30-song 
album <laughs> and like we can't do that and it's like but here's the thing and the guy interviewing said uh you know he dropped a very impressive album and i'm like if you call 36 songs that i heard impressive i mean maybe five of them were all right but not th- right. all 36 i mean you had a lot of filler songs and like I, mostly filler the only reason that I think that they done that was to make money, more money. Yeah. I mean, because that's more shares of the pie that everybody's getting. Yeah. But, like, I hope that does not become a trend. Because uh-huh. there's a lot of a lot of artists, like even like Tyler and Sturgill, I, I like them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear 36 songs. No. no. You know? I mean, you, you lose creativity. Yeah. And it becomes a machine. Well, I'll say, I'll be, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first to say this. You'll never see an album that has 36 songs by Sergio Simpson. He just huh. stylistically and artistically would never do that. Like well, he may do a 12 or 15 song, that no more than that. Here's ever. what kills me you got Ernest, which is a great songwriter. Yeah. But he released, they said, oh, wow. Here's Flower Shops, the album, and then a couple weeks later, the double album. I mean, no, it, it's it's not any different. Yeah. Like, you already made money off of the song, drop it. Because <laughs> there comes a point to when you're just, like, cramming it down people's face. And, I mean, the only time that 30 songs should ever be on a record is unless it's an Alan Jackson, Eagles, Leonard Skinner, Greatest Hits. That's what I was about to say, like a Greatest yeah, Hits. Yeah, I it. mean, it just does not make sense. No. And you know what they're going to do next is they're going to try to throw 30 Christmas songs down your neck, too. <laughs> it's coming, yeah. you know? Uh, but anyways, this next song, Welcome to Hard Times, it's before, been out for three years. Yeah. It's got three million views. Before we get to that, I'll tell you how he got his big break. After he left Paris, he moved back to uh, you know the States, moved back to New York City because he said when he moved back to the States, when he was in Paris, he realized that you know, when he was playing over here before, he had all these you know, uh, fears and worries. He learned how to play in Europe without fear. He said he learned who he was as, a, as an artist who he was as a person and just as a man and he knew what he had to do when he come back to the states so when he started playing in new york city he was playing outside of clubs and stuff where they would have concerts and shows he would you know play you know outside of the you know, subway and at at one point he started handing out cds he, he said he would sit there for hours and hours every day handing out CDs just for free to uh, people who came out of the clubs and stuff. Well, one of those CDs made it into the hands of Evan from the Turnpike Troubadours. Huh. So he listened to it. And then Mr. Mr. Evan remembered him. And they had just came out with an album and they were going on tour. They called Mr. Charlie Crockett up to open for him. He, he opened for him for over 130 shows. <laughs> I'm hoping that that was before the incident with Miranda Lambert because the front singer of that band, I reckon he he had a rough time, and they broke up for a while, that band. Yeah. 
This was pre I'd love to cover them. Oh yeah, that was right around that time. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon like they were kind of on again, off again dating, and then he oh. had some type of uh, you know, uh, addiction and oh. like had to get a lot of help. But they, the Turnpike Troubadours, they got pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the guy who gave him the call was probably not. It's probably the a lead singer. Member. It was just one yeah. of the guys. But um. Uh, yeah, so he he toured with them for a hundred and thirty dates. That's pretty like, good. That's a lot. Of, that's yeah. a lot of opening gigs, you know. And, and he, he was probably from, in a van and didn't yeah. give a shit. He did. That, he, that's what he yeah. did. He was driving in a van to yeah. every gig, and from that, he said he opened for. He named a few other in the in the in the interviews that I heard, but something I thought was really cool. He. Released uh, 13 albums since 2015 when he came out. Damn. <laughs> and he said it kills him how some artists will you know, release an album and then wait two years or three years and release another one. He said it kills him. He said because if you truly enjoy what you're doing, you're constantly thinking of songs. You're constantly you know, working on lyrics. You're you know, constantly working on you know riffs. And... He said, I don't know how every artist you know, can't put out two or three albums a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I some mean, of his albums don't have a lot on it, and some of them are you know, covers, but he puts his own twist on you know, the covers, and he talks about, in those interviews, how he loved the way the original songwriters or performers you know, performed them, but he wanted to pay homage and put his spin on them and share them again you know with the world so oh, it was really cool but yeah he released this in 2020 um right as the pandemic was getting ready to, he released yeah welcome to hard times was the name of the album as well but <laughs> right before the pandemic came around yeah. <laughs> like how perfect is that welcome to hard times there's a pandemic and an right. album <laughs> wow yeah Well, this has got a large intro. It had professional actors in it, too. I love these scenes that he's in. <laughs> They're so cool. Are those Joshua trees? Life's a casino. I'm telling you. Everybody's playing Boys and girls, women, children, me and you The dice are loaded And everything's fixed Even a hobo would tell you this Welcome to hard times Do you like sinning? No. Well, you will be before you go. We got lots of gambling. Oh, and we're telling lies. You're certainly welcome to hard times. (laughs) 
that that's pretty good <laughs> yeah it's just it's it just unique and can't anybody say that he's inauthentic you know oh yeah i mean he's got his own style going that, that on that is that's him for sure. that's his style he's worked a lot with um an artist that i don't know if you know much you know much about leon bridges i mean i i knew that he did that song with uh luke combs but before that i had no clue who he is leon bridges man he's so he's an r&b singer you could say he's a little folk rock too you know yeah. uh he's so talented his voice Ah, he's done some work with him. I'm really hoping they release some songs where they're on them, on them together, because Leon, he is a a classic R&B sound. Like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's fantastic. Um, so basically, one of the songs. Uh, for the award that he was nominated for for the CMT Awards, the uh, uh, digital performance was uh, July Jackson, which is the next song was on there. Uh, it is a cover as well. Do you know the person who's saying, 1814, we took a little trip. Johnny uh, Horton. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think I'm wrong. I don't think it was Johnny Horton's song. But it's it's also... A remake that I did not know was a remake until I did a little, you know, a little research on it. I'll okay. look it up and tell you right now. But um, you mean to go ahead and play yeah, it? You can go ahead and play it. All right. Know. This is July Jackson. July Jackson. She was a wife with a couple of kids. There's a story going round. About what that woman did Somebody told me That she took her husband's life Said she did it with a smile And the twisting of a knife July Jackson Seems it wasn't long ago That I saw the man she loved With the girl I didn't know A short time later That young girl, she came up dead And it looked awful suspicious yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard that song. It's a Billy Horton song. Billy Horton. Wonder if he's kin to. I don't know. The other Horton. That's why I was thinking. I was like, yeah. It just automatically. Yeah, but it's Billy Horton, not Johnny. But uh, he like he had an album that he released. It was, which it was on Man from Waco too. But he released an album. I think yeah, Ten for Slim was the album. Um, and on that album, it was all that, yeah, you know, Billy Horton's songs. Yeah. And, but, uh, he's just so unique. That's what I like about him. I like anything with, like, its own individual style. Oh, yeah. I like it. Well, you know, I could see an awesome show with, like, him and Joshua. You know what I mean? 
them two together, Quimby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they kind of have that thing going on. No. Uh, yeah. The uniqueness. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, not well, comparing them. Right, right, right. But, like, yeah. Coulter, yeah. You don't oh, put Coulter yeah. in, the, in that conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. Uh, yeah. And I, I really, if you want to talk unique, Sturgill's unique. Well, I feel like we're reaching a time to where people are so fed up with the machine of Nashville to where we're going to have more artists like this emerging more. Oh, yeah. Than, it, than ever. Because if you think about it in the 90s, did we really have anybody like this? I mean, if we did, we didn't know about them. Right. No, yeah, because they were not talked about. No. And they didn't have the platform of the internet. Like we have now. Right now. Yeah. Even if they were outperforming on the street, you could not show them love by filming them. And mm. you couldn't you know, release their songs on Spotify. <laughs> Think of how many artists in the 90s that never got discovered. All of them that slipped through. And, of course, now, you know, they would be too old to do anything. Yeah. But, like, wow. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine that? Mm -mm. It's kind of sad, really. It is. And you never know where you're going to be when you get your chance. Well, we wouldn't have had Zach. Yeah. Uh -uh. If, If the internet wasn't around right now, Nobody would know who Zach Bryan is. No. Because it took one video to blossom his entire career. Yeah. Well, then we wouldn't know who Upchurch was. No. Jelly Roll wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, never made it, I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Did you watch his documentary? I haven't watched I, I, I started to, and the kids were in the room, and I was like, oh, oh nope, 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 nope. You, <laughs> yeah, you can tell that he's very grateful but he is a little rough around the edges. Ain't a little to it. He's yeah. rough around the edges. But, I mean, that's what molded him into who he is. Yeah. That's a lot like you know, Mr. Charlie Crockett. Yeah. He, I mean, he didn't have to have it easy. No. Doesn't sound like it at all. No, he did not. He scraped for everything he's ever had. And he said that in one of the interviews. He said, I, I'll never understand somebody who comes from you know, prominence, who comes from an intact you know, family dynamic where they have income that is well over the poverty line. And he said, I'll never understand when they don't you know, make anything of themselves. Right, when you have all the resources to yeah. do so. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes too because when I'm working all day and then I come home and like I work with people who are wheelchair, power chair bound. And, like, I come in, I'm like, man, I don't want to mow the yard. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work in the garden. I don't want to do this. But, like, God gave me the legs and the ability to get up and do something. So I have to self-motivate myself all the time. Oh, yeah. I do, too. I get lazy from time to time. But it's, (laughs) I don't have the drive that he does. No, Charlie does. I'm working on it though. Yeah, I'm like, working. On I was it. gonna ask you at the time when you were playing that music, if it came down to it, and you knew that you had to do it for. Well, I mean, he did it for ten years. He jumped train to train, played on the street, slept in the street. He was homeless. Yeah. If you knew, if you did that for ten years and you would make it, would you have done it? Absolutely, because, I mean, I, I've done 
plenty of shows where I went in the hole. Like, I mean, I took all the money I had and paid the band. Yeah. Just to, I mean, he wasn't doing shows, though. Yeah, well, I mean, just... I. That's why I didn't have brand new vehicles in school. Everything that I had went into gas money to get to Nashville or get to the next county fair. Like, I had show clothes and an awesome personality. And that was it. I mean, I didn't have... If I had a shiny guitar or something, it was because I got it as a gift. I mean, you know, if I had anything extra, it was from family giving it to me as a gift. But I did expect to see each show grow and Mm -hmm. when they don't it's like is this worth it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because you keep playing places and some nights it's on fire and then some nights it's like nobody's there you know yeah oh yeah but yeah it's impressive people that don't give up and stick to it yeah but you gotta think of the pure will that it takes to do that and the and the self-confidence you know i remember thinking when i was 18 i was thinking if i don't try this thing i will regret it for the rest of my life at 18 yeah i knew that but then when you see your child and it's like it makes sense for me to go to work yeah but if i would have had enough passion for it and i had a lot of passion Mm -hmm. but not enough to keep trucking and I'm kind of glad that I didn't because I would have probably ruined it with my mouth and mm. my passion for it mm-hmm. because all of that mom country was all over the radio and just, and it would have just drove me insane and I would have probably, you know, I would have been like, you know, mouthing off on stage because near the end, I was feeling the way Hank was singing about uh, or the way Waylon was singing about, did Hank really do it this way? Right. You know? Yeah. And, of uh, course, nowadays, I mean, you meet all kinds of people who want to do this, and you don't know if they want to do it for the fame and the money and the glory, right. or if they're true, authentic, like Charlie. You don't you know, know their agenda. No, you don't. You no. don't know nobody's agenda right. nowadays. Yeah. But I will tell you, it's impressive that you had one piece of paper and you made it last an hour. I know. (laughs) I mean, damn. I had so much that I had heard from interviews just because he's such an interesting person. Well, that's kind of like a lot of people's ask me, Kevin, we know you were such a massive Kenny Chesney fan. Why have you not done that yet? And I feel like I could do that whole entire episode with nothing, no paperwork. But I don't know. It's just like when I do it, I want it to be right. Are you doing it for yeah. my sake? Huh? You doing it for my sake? I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> there'll come a time when we cover Kenny Chesney, but like, <sighs> I don't know. I've always not like. Yeah. I don't like his. I mean, he he's fine. I don't like his music. It's just, just like me. the older I get, the more I see things with the music, you yeah. know, and you see people that use oh. it as a job instead of. It is so amazing how i think every 20 years we change as people oh yeah like your first 20 years you look at the world a i certain see it way. in like three years your myself. second 20 years you look at it a total different way now i'm on my third set of 20 i look at it in a total different way and like the stuff that I used, like some stuff that I used to like, I'm, I'm like, why did I like that? That's yeah. awful. Yeah. 
and then some stuff that I didn't like before, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's not actually that bad. That's actually all right. But it's amazing how our brains work and how we just constantly transform. Our minds are changing gradually every day. It's insane. Well, the thing is with the Kenny Chesney music, that was around a time when your mind is developing those smells that still take you back. Yeah. And I was around 17, and I could take a guitar, sit down on the beach at Barron River, and mm-hmm. do my old blue chair. It was a Chesney song. And, like, I put myself in that moment. Right. And, like, I could only do that with his music. So nowadays when I hear it on the radio, it instantly takes me back to 17 it does not matter what song it is now that is pre-2010 you know but uh man i I mean out of all the artists in the world that was the one that affected me the most and i know he may be goofy in your eyes but to me like he was everything like i went and, and I guess it kind of helped that I favored him at that time. Yeah. You know, looks mm-hmm. and height, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> hell, I want to look alike contest yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. You know? I think his you know, first album, when it was like his life, you know, that related with a lot of people, I respected that. I respected it. They played the absolute shit out of it, but... I respected it. It was when he went to the beach and the islands. And he never come back. He never came back. That's what a lot of people say about him. It's like Jimmy Buffett. But he was one of the second ones to do that. Jimmy was the first. And then, you know, Toby had a little brief thing of it. I've never liked his music. Yeah, I mean, I should have been a cowboy. That was a great song. Yeah. And, you know. That was uh, a good song. We do have somebody who I just reconnected with. Who were working getting on the show. You probably don't remember Eagle and Joe in the morning on 95 WGGC. Yeah, I remember that. Do you? Yeah. You've probably heard me on there then. I, I called in. I was 16 years old. And they took to me. And at first it was funny. Then it turned into something real. Mm-hmm. And like they helped me create in the 8th grade. Kev Swinger and the <laughs> Young Swingers. It was off of the Andy Griffith <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, he sent me a photo of some drumsticks that said the Young Swingers on it because (laughs) he still had them. And you know how cool it was to be friends with a radio DJ back then? So, like, we're working on trying to get him on the show. And, like, he... That's real cool. He met me to introduced myself to jody williams mm-hmm. driver williams his dad yeah, yeah. Uh, from eric church yeah. and uh, he went in with me when i played and he always said he said kevin reminds me of the passion that garth had from the beginning like we're gonna do this and it's gonna be massive you know mm-hmm. but i had that kenny chesney thing mm-hmm. and i think that kind of held me back a little bit because they already had a kenny chesney yeah so i was somewhere in the Kenny Chesney wailing attitude. Yeah. It was very awkward, but if I could have got it on the right track, yeah. it would have been something phenomenal. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. That's why we're doing this show right now, because right. I want to be able to still talk about good music. You want to be in it. You want to be right. in it in some, some form or way. fashion. Yep. 
you know yeah and i appreciate that like when you love something so much that you want to be in any way that you possibly can yeah i respect it and like i want i want to go ahead and just go ahead and claim this on air i hope next year at the cmas at the cma fest it'll always be fanfare mm-hmm. but that we could get a spot because i see like busting with the boys is doing an episode there two or three other i know they're huge <laughs> but here's the thing they're yeah. they're football stars right yeah but they're out of national i know but still it kind of sucks they like, have I, millions of I people listening to, to every episode <laughs> i know but like i want us to have a spot there yeah. you know what i mean that would be cool we will dead gum it one yeah. of these days even we if will. we got a booth yeah. and just did an episode in the booth even if we're in Printer's Alley, I'm good with that, too. I'm it don't matter. We're there. Yeah. As long as we're there, one of these days, we're going to be there. You mark my words. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, it's growing. It's growing more than oh, I yeah. kind of expected it yeah. to, really. So. Well, I, I think at first you thought it was going to go really quick. Overnight, <laughs> and yeah. And by the 10th episode, we were going to be, like, uh, yeah. bill, on billboards in Nashville yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just gradually, yeah, you know, taking some time. We had we had to find our footing. We had to find we our did. place with what we do, and it's still growing. It's still transforming into what we want it to be, or what. But we need feedback from all you folks. We want to know where you're listening from. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care where I you're do. listening. I don't. I think that's cool. It is cool. You know, it is cool. But you're listening in your ears right now, and where you're sitting at. I don't I don't I don't care. I wanna know what you want to hear. I wanna I wanna I wanna know what you like hearing from us. I wanna know what you wanna hear from us. I wanna know what makes you tick. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I, but I do wanna know exactly what y'all wanna hear. So we can, you know, yeah. satisfy the listeners we do have and you know, grow some more. Right. Absolutely. So come see us Thursday yeah. at if, the CMA. If you're going to be in Nashville, we'll be there Thursday. Yeah. Um, and like, if you're otherwise. having trouble finding us, you can message us on our Facebook page. Yeah. We'll, we'll meet up with you. Yeah. Say hello. Take a selfie. Mm-hmm. Get a free bumper sticker. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. But uh, and if you if you're not coming to Fanfare, aka CMA Fest, um. Then hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, the Country Music Critic uh, group page. Folks, we appreciate you more than you can know. Uh, thank you, as always. And uh, a special shout-out this week, like Kevin said, to, to Jesse in Canada. Um, we're glad to have you yeah, listening with us. We appreciate it. Folks, remember to like, share, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, neighbors, yeah, follow all that jazz, you know, I got to say it. Otherwise, we, we don't grow anymore. But we love you. Stay safe. God bless. Hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, 
slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all of them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch you all next time.